Hey, I'm so glad that y'all all decided to come back again. I cannot express how just overwhelmed I am and overjoyed about the responses that I've gotten from this podcast. Y'all are absolutely incredible. I'm so excited that I've gotten to touch so many people with the words that I've said. It's nothing but God. Um, Pushing that button and inviting all my friends to hear me talk, that was absolutely terrifying. And within 24 hours, I had complete confirmation that it was nothing but worth it. I'm just speechless. But let's move on (laughs) to what's been on my heart today. So we're going to talk about something that nobody likes to talk about. But dealing with difficult people. My, my, my. Okay. So when you start something brand new like this, anytime that you're going out for the glory of God and whatever you're doing, uh, we talked about it last time about uh, fear and how the devil does anything to distract you that he possibly can from your mission. Um, He finds your weaknesses and he hones in on them. And mine can be difficult people. <laughs> I used to be a lot more fiery than I am, and I'm not saying that my inner self sometimes doesn't just want to knock somebody upside the head, but I found peace in not doing that. And sometimes, you know, I just want to revert back, and I'm like, okay, we can make this the exception. Uh, you know, somebody does one thing, and you're like, oh, you're about to be the exception to my peace, and we're about to give it all up for this one moment. And y'all, it's never worth it. It's absolutely never worth it. I had something that happened, you know, yesterday, and it took every bit of me not to just spill my guts about how I really felt, how my flesh felt. We just, we can't work that way because when we do that, we're not showing the mercy and grace of God. So we're going to look at Luke 9, 51 through 56 today. Let me go ahead and read that to you. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face, they're talking about Jesus, to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers ahead of him who went and entered a village of Samaritans to make preparations for him. But the people did not receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. When his disciples, James and John, saw it, they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and just consume them? But he turned and he rebuked them, and they went on to another village. Let me add, I, um, I have a study Bible, and so at the bottom, it has like little notes and stuff. I highly encourage any of you that are really trying to like learn and dig deep into scripture and you don't know how to like connect something to another thing, get a study Bible because it's got all these little um Like, it'll have, like, a little letter beside what you just read, and you find the letter or the number, and it connects it to other scriptures, like how the Gospels are all intertwined. Um, It's amazing. But anyways, we'll talk more about that later. So, at the bottom, 
it says that some manuscripts add a little bit to what Jesus said, which I thought was very, very profound. So let me add it to the end. So they said, Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down from heaven and consume them? It said, Jesus said, you do not know what manner of the spirit you are from. For the Son of Man came not to destroy people's lives, but to save them. Let's have a little background on the Samaritans and the Jews. Um, there's a whole uh, geographical, political history behind it. And honestly, like, I'm not 100% fluent. Let me also encourage you that you don't have to know absolutely everything about everything to share the Word of God. Don't ever be scared that somebody's going to be, you know, all up in your business and fact, 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 that you should have to know like layers upon layers upon layers upon layers of stuff because your whole life is a learning process. So it's okay to say you don't know. Let's not make up answers, but um, sometimes it's okay to say, hey, I don't know this, but I do know where to find it. So let's find it together. So sometimes when I'm telling y'all things, it's not because I know all this in-depth history about it, but I do know that it's true. I hope that makes sense. Okay, so the Samaritans and the Jews, they are not far away from each other. They're like 35 miles apart. Um, for this message's sake, what you do need to know is Samaritans and Jews, they typically don't speak. They don't coexist. They don't get in each other's bubbles. They certainly don't worship together. Um, actually, where most people worshipped was in, <coughs> remember this is Old Testament. It's New Testament, but Jesus had not died on the cross yet and broke the curtain. So, they don't worship together because actually the temple was in Jerusalem. And so, the Samaritans had nowhere to go. They had nothing to do with one another. Absolutely nothing. Um... So, Jesus, when he was sending them through this pathway, it was definitely with purpose. Jesus did not and still does not do anything without a purpose. Everything lines up for his good. So, let's break down a couple of things. Um, it says the days drew near for Jesus um, to be taken up, and he set his face to go towards Jerusalem. So, Jesus knows all things. You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. They are one entity. They know all things. John 1, 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And Jesus, He says, He was in the beginning with God. It was talking about Jesus was in the beginning with God. So, Jesus knows how all this stuff is lining up. So, on his way to his crucifixion, he is setting his face um, to his purpose. That's a good example to us to always look towards the Lord's plan and keep our own eyes, <laughs> eyes on the prize. And um, just always remember who you are, whose you are, and where you're going. Um. 
so he sends his messengers ahead of him. Let me flip my notebook over here. He sends his messengers ahead of him. <clears throat> Again, it's another good example of Jesus and God, they, they know what's to happen. And just like he's sending these two ahead of him to make way for his path, that's what we're supposed to be doing now in our time. It's always important to look at the Bible with all five senses and then look at it from a cultural aspect of what was happening then, but also put it in today's culture because everything that we read is applicable. Sometimes it takes a little bit digging, a little bit of digging to figure that out, figure out where everything's going, but everything in the Bible can be transferred into today. So yes, Jesus is sending them ahead of him, just like he's sending us ahead of him. Um, they thought they were just making accommodations for where he was going to sleep at night, but really it's an image to us of how we are supposed to be making preparations for the kingdom. Um, and through that, you know, we're supposed to be planting seeds and just sprinkling Jesus just everywhere. Um, a good note, if you want to make a note for yourself, sometimes we forget this, and as a Christian, we can be viewed as somewhat of like a Bible beater. I don't know if y'all have ever heard that term. Um, but we're just supposed to put the seeds out there and share the glory of God. And God is going to grow that seed, okay? That's not, that's not our job. We are just supposed to be the planters and God grows it. I read um, something I thought was really funny, funny and true, the other day. And it said something to the effect of ministry, sometimes it looks more like someone helping you tote your groceries to the car than a peddling street preacher passing out salvation like it's a heavenly retirement plan. Too true. That, that's just a really good example of if you know, you're saying, I don't know how to plant seeds. That's, that's what you do. You just help and do little good deeds and you share the gospel along the way. So, they're making preparations for Jesus as they're going into Samaria. And that's what we should be doing is making preparations for the Lord. The truth of it is, next it says, the people didn't receive him because his face was set towards Jerusalem. Again, Samaritans, Jews, they're not really getting along. And sometimes us as Christians, we don't get along with the outside world either. And our seeds, just like their seeds that day, where they were trying to make preparation. Um, it doesn't always get accepted with joy and gratitude. And, and that's okay because we did our part. And like I said, you just have to let God do the absolute rest. Um, <clears throat> going a little bit farther, James and John, when they saw it, they said... Lord, do you want us to tell fire to come down and just burn them all up? They got instantly angry. I'm sure y'all have never had that moment where you've gotten instantly angry. There was one time me and my husband had been married for maybe a week. And I had to return something very large to somebody. And my husband drives a Suburban. So 
I put all my stuff in his Suburban, which is very large. I don't know if y'all ever driven, driven, <laughs> driven a Suburban, but it's basically like driving a school bus. And I backed that sucker straight into a tree, busted his tail line out, freaked out, rode all the way to um, when those pull apart places. And I skipped work to do this, y'all. And I got home. And I replaced that tail light because I thought he was going to eat me for dinner. And I ended up telling him because I did a little bit, a little bitty dent in the car. But you know what my husband said after he saw that? I mean, it wasn't just because we've been married for a week. It's because he's the most gracious person I've ever met in my entire life. <sighs> Sometimes it's even irritating how gracious he is. Bless his heart. But um, he said well, darling, we're going to have to cut down some of them trees. And, of course, he was just kidding. He really wasn't going to cut down them trees. But, to me, that is not always my first reaction. Honestly, if it would have been the other way around, I probably would have lost my mind. I really would have. I probably would have lost it. But, anyways, the image of grace. Y'all marry a good man, I swear. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, James and John, they definitely weren't weren't wearing the, uh, <laughs> the what did we wear when we were younger, those what would Jesus do bracelets. They didn't have that on that day. And they just said, you know what, we're just going to burn all these folks up. In their defense, I will say that they had not seen the ultimate grace. They had not seen the other side of the cross. Yeah, we think, you know, well, they were walking right with Jesus. Well, they were human too. So, they they were just acting in the moment because sometimes we think that when we get saved that our lives are going to just flip a switch real quick and that we are going to just automatically become these angelic human beings that just we don't ever get mad and we live our best little lives and we do food trains all the time and um, we spend our days and our weekends at the soup kitchen. That That's not true. Uh, being a Christian... Becoming a Christian is a life-changing moment, and then it's a process from there. Because um, you're not just going from point A to point B. You're going through stages, so you're really going from, I don't know, point A to point Z. Um, but you're growing. You grow in your faith your entire life, or your entire period that you're saved. So, uh, it's, it's just not an automatic change. It's slow. Sometimes it's very irritating, but it's amazingly rewarding. We'll get more onto that later. But James and John, and they were a little sassy folks, and they earned themselves the name straight from Jesus, the Sons of Thunder. No doubt for their attitude, because they were they were little hardy boys. They um never really stepped down from a battle and all the stories that we hear about them. So yes, Jesus, he rebuked them. Jesus knew that he wouldn't be received, okay? All, <coughs> all of your happenings, they happen with purpose. Jesus, like I said before, he knew that he wasn't just going to be bopped through Samaria. He knew that there would be conflict. He put you in there 
He puts you in your personal battles for a reason to grow you, to teach you lessons. I was already working on this passage, and this morning when we went to church, I had already been thinking about learning lessons. And our pastor, he touched on some subjects that, you know, tied straight into this. And he said, you know, there's, there's purpose and there's suffer in your suffering. And your struggle is a platform for unveiling. James and John's struggles and their, uh, their characteristics that need a little bit of tweaking, they were definitely platforms for unveiling um, Jesus' glory. John chapter 2, 24 through 25, John himself wrote, Jesus knew all men. He did not need man's testimony about a man, for he knew what was in a man. So I th in my brain, he strategically picked out James and John to walk them through Samaria. He is continually, through everything he does with them, always using them as a lesson in humility. The footnote that we were talking about, you know, it says, You do not know what manner of, of spirit you are of, for the Son of Man came not to destroy people's lives, but to save them. And my question to you today is, do you know what manner of the spirit that you are of? Do you know where you came from? Do you know who you are and whose you are? God called James and John out of this boat and they had no idea what was coming for them. They were sassy and smart-mouthed and sharp-tongued, but he knew that they would be on fire for Jesus. God transforms us in such powerful ways. There were more than just this time, there was more times than just this time, that James and John just said something completely crazy. Their mom actually came to Jesus at one time and was like, Hey, I would like you to put my kids in a special place with you in your kingdom, by the way. <laughs> so we all know where they got it from. Their sassiness must have been hereditary. But they definitely at one point told God that uh, they wanted him to give them what they wanted. That's Mark 10, 35 through 37. Just like in this passage, <clears throat> they tried to just unload the wrath of God on some people. Um, in Mark 9, 38 through 41, they saw somebody else casting out demons in the name of Jesus. And they said, you know, like, God, what do you want us, or Jesus, what do you want us to do? And Jesus said, whoever gives you a cup of water for belonging to Christ they're not going to lose their reward. Like, it's okay. You got to calm down. So, they went from being these sons of thunder to slowly growing. God put them through all of these amazing moments. They got to see Elijah and Moses on the mountain. They got to see a little girl raised from the dead. James ended up dying as a martyr. He was actually the first of the apostles to die. And John, his estimated lifespan is like 70 years. Uh, 
And he went from being known as a son of thunder to being known as an apostle of love. He went on to write the book of John, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation. He was actually the one that, after all the things that he did, God sat him down and chose him to tell us, the book of Revelation, the book of that we're in now, the book of the unfolding, you know, where we really see what's to come and the the end of the beginning, if you want to word it like that. He did. He definitely used them to teach humility, and he but he loved them so much. Uh, I'm gonna leave you with this. Mark 10, 43, 44. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be the first among you must be the slave of everyone else. That's what he's trying to teach us through all of the humility lessons that we all receive. When he's telling us to calm down. He's saying, remember whose you are and that you're there to save people you're not there to destroy people you're not there to tear them down to say ugly words to them it's not your job to put somebody in their place sometimes it's best to walk away and just say you know god i don't know how to handle this if you could let me know how to help the situation that would be great and i'm going to give the rest to you it's not always easy and sometimes just like we do, we want to cast fire <laughs> from heaven and destroy people. That would be so great if that there was an easy button for that. Y'all remember the big red easy button on the commercials? I don't even know if that commercial comes on anymore. But sometimes it's just okay when you're dealing with difficult people to take to take a page out of this uh, page. Story's not even a page long. Um, just to take a step back and to look at it as you're there to help Jesus save people. We are not there to destroy people. We are there to encourage and lift up and show people the grace of Jesus and what he did for us. I said it last time and I'll say it a million times. If you cannot find the love of Jesus and anybody else and kindness and joy in anybody else, you have to make sure to be that for other people. We are not common in today's world. We think that Christianity is very common, but when you break it down and actually look at the fruits of everybody's labor around you, um, true Christian uh the true Christian church body is actually like dwindling because we've gotten so comfortable where we are now and the way that we live now, everything is so easy for us. Some people think that the world is getting bad right now, but um, it's not. We're just bold rotten. So sometimes somebody hurts our feelings and 
our emotions magnify it times 10 and we try to handle it ourselves instead of letting Jesus handle it. So try to take those moments and give them to God. If you have people around you that you can confide in that give good, wholehearted, Christian-based advice, go to those people. I don't advise you to go to other people that will just fuel your anger. If they're going to put fuel on your fire, it's best to stay away. Uh, not to say that you can't love on those people all the time and stuff, but just when you are emotionally vulnerable, go to people that you love and that you look for um, guidance through, that you know look through eyes of Jesus. I hope that helps everybody. I know it sure has helped me this week. I hope everything just made sense and laid out. It may have gotten a little hairy there because I kind of did a little bit of side winding. But um, y'all are very loved and very appreciated. If I can do anything for any of you, please let me know. Um, like I said, if you need prayer, just message me. I have some wonderful people that would love to pray for you, and I would love to pray for you, especially if you're dealing right now specifically with, with difficult people because that's where my heart has been for the past uh, few days, a week, actually. Um, But please let me know if you need any more assistance with that. If, like I said, if I don't have any answers, I, I know where to find them. And so we'll figure it out together. Let's go ahead and pray. Lord, thank you so much for this gathering. I'm so appreciative of all of this success that the podcast has made in your holy name. And I hope that it continues to grow and to spread your glory and your word to, to the, all the people around us, to the world. I hope that it prospers. I pray that through this, people will find something relatable to sit down with, to know that they are human, just like everybody else, and that we all have the same struggles and that it just turns into something beautiful. I pray that if anybody feels tempted to lash out, that they will find their peace in you this week and next week and the next week and the year after that and the year after that, that we would just continually stay in your word and that we would make our lives just an image of what you want for us that we could be good examples, that if somebody else around us that is not a Christ follower sees how we react and how we don't stumble so hard, not to say that we won't, but that they see how we deal with our afflictions in the world and that it makes them just ask questions and hopefully want to sit at your feet as well. Lord, we thank you for everything you've given us and all the opportunities that you've put in our paths. And we can't wait to see what you have in store for us. Use us for whatever you will. Use us, as scary as it seems, to be a lesson for others, just as James and John 
were lessons for us. Thank you, Lord, for everything. In your holy, precious name, amen.